Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The midterms are on, and the first bit of data doesn't look good. Well, looks good to me. 538 blog is Nate Silver, and these people are very, very good at breaking down data. Not perfect, not a home run hit, not guaranteed. But as they put it together, they see the House going to Republicans. The Senate is a toss-up. Funny, we've discussed that right here. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Happy Independence Day, people. 833 got Tony, 833-468-866. Six nine. I have not decided what I'm making for Independence Day. I have plans. I do have the sides all laid out. But I could be convinced on some main meat items. If you have any good ideas for me, let me know. 833-GOT-TONY. Twitter at Tony Katz. Of course, Tony at TonyKatz.com. This is exactly as we've been discussing it. The midterm forecasts are already out. And the reason for this has nothing to do with the people in the Senate. It has to do with who is up for election. So it's not about, oh, I hate this senator, oh, I love this senator. It's that being an incumbent creates certain opportunities. And not everybody is up for election, like in the House, only a third of the Senate is up at any one time. So they ran a series of models And in the House, they see Republicans taking control 87 times out of 100 in all the scenarios that they have run. When they take a look at the Senate, it's 54 out of 100. Thus, they get to the idea of toss-up. Democrats have been desperate to utilize what has happened from the Supreme Court over the last few days, over the last few weeks, as their way of trying to move the needle. The needle does not move on those things. Let me give you something the the needle moves on. Airlines. Delta Airlines already said, hey, you're traveling uh, over the Independence Day weekend. Best of luck getting to your destination. As a matter of fact, we'll waive all the change fees because we know it's coming, and why should we have to worry about it? only proving that change fees are garbage. Change, the airlines need the pressure from the people to put an end to that nonsense. But they know the problems are there. They don't have the pilots. They don't have the staff. They're already starting to cut routes. That's going to be coming over the next couple of months. Traffic is going to be brutal. Delays, I should say, are going to be brutal. There's a report from uh, the people at News Nation. You want to get in touch with somebody to make a change, talk to somebody, you've got a problem? You're going to be waiting two hours to speak to an actual human being. News Nation found that consumers who yell agent three times or sound angry may get a faster place in line. <laughs> Oh, don't tell people that. There will, there will be, I would love those recordings. All I want is the recordings of the, or the peop, of the people screaming agent into their phones trying to get to an actual human being. Oh, that'd be a good mashup. 
airline problems that come from hiring issues and other issues, if a political party they believe can make those issues less, they'll get the votes. Gas prices. Gas prices, of course, are the biggest one. You, They believe uh, that Republicans can lower gas prices? Well, then, Republicans are getting the vote. And when Joe Biden is engaged in conversations of, uh, tell me about uh, lowering gas prices and the war on Ukraine. I mean, are are, are Americans really supposed to expect uh, to see higher gas prices because of this? How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes. So Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. Republicans win. When this first happened, and we saw the prices go up a tick, remember, they were going up already, but they certainly went up a tick at that moment, I said the words, I think that Americans will be okay with a touch of pain, a little bit of pain, a little bit of higher prices, to stop Russia. A little bit. Not this. And does anybody make the assumption that this is it? We've seen some prices tick down over the past week to being kind of under that that $5 an average uh, gallon price. Does anybody think that's going to stay? If you were to still poll Americans, they will tell you they think it'll be $6 gallon gas on average by the end of August. There's no faith that this administration can do it right Therefore, Republicans. Supply chain issues. Nobody's interested in hearing another word from Pete Buttigieg. Nobody believes that he is is going to go about solving this problem and getting people working at the ports and getting the automation at least started. Oh, we're going to open the ports 24-7. No one believes you. No one believes you so they don't have a president that they have faith in they don't have an administration that they can have faith in then you check out the late night shows where Stephen Colbert has had nothing but progressives on for the past week Senator Elizabeth Warren two senators if we pick up two Democratic senators who will help us get rid of the filibuster, which the president has now said he's on board for that, and who will give us Roe versus Wade. Two senators, and yes, John Fetterman, I am looking at you in Pennsylvania. Yes, Mandela Barnes, I'm looking at you in Wisconsin. You mean your way to get people to vote for you of, of, of independence and soccer moms is to throw out the rules to get to your ideological desires, Republicans win. It's one thing to think that a decision from the Supreme Court is wrong. It's another thing to say, throw it all out and start all over. You disagree with the overturning of Roe v. Wade? All right, I could see that. You agree with this? I'm starting with the babiest of the babiest of the baby steps. Open abortion clinics on federal land in red
The radicalness has not been well received. That is not to say that there aren't radicals out there. There are radicals out there. There is a fair amount of them. David Axelrod speaking on CNN. There is this sense that things are kind of out of control and he's not in command. And this uh, and this lends, uh, you know, lends to that. Uh, you know, inflation is no one president could control inflation, but it is a, a you know, it's a gale force wind right now. It's affecting politics very hard to come. You know, to, you, you heard him on gas prices today talks about the gas tax holiday, but he's not going to get the gas tax holiday. And there are a lot of Americans who are skeptical about whether that would uh, that would help. Uh, so, there, you know, this is a very, very freighted, uh, fraught environment for him right now. For the entire Democratic Party. And it is not aided by the most radical parts of the party being more and more radical. Speaking of radical, I don't know if you saw or if you read the dissent on the West Virginia versus EPA case by Elena Kagan, Justice Kagan. I I will share parts of it with you. It's criminally insane. You want to talk about giving up the ghost completely and totally when it comes to the law being wholly ideological takes the cake. So this data from 538 blog can be backed up just based on the anecdotal in your life. What you see, what you recognize, and what you recognize is that things are bad and the radical nature of the Democratic Party doesn't make your life better. It moves their ideology, but that goes against very often many of the things in your life. Their ideological desire is not to have lower gas prices. It's for you to buy an electric car. Their ideological desire is not for you to have a say in how your state deals with abortion. It is to have the federal government pay for abortion clinics on federal land. And not to have a conversation about rape, incest, life of the mother, something people talk about very often, but abortion at all times, in all cases, in all places, in all ways. And how do you pay for that? Repeal the Hyde Amendment? I will say on a policy response, we, should, we need to be working on repealing the Hyde Amendment in Congress right now. Um, I am proud to say that we have successfully started to take the steps to repeal the Hyde Amendment. And with the Hyde Amendment, repealing the Hyde Amendment will allow the federal government to uh, invest in access to reproductive care no repealing the hyde amendment allows for the federal government to pay for abortions right now it does not and the hyde amendment only can be allowed to pay for abortions since i think it's 94 uh, uh rape incest life of the mother the narrow exceptions that america is mostly at that's not where they're at that's not where alexandria ocasio cortez is at Unfettered access to abortion everywhere, anytime, no matter what, paid for by the government. And that's why they're losing. A combination of an absolute failure to do the job they were elected to do 
and an absolute failure to recognize where America is at and demand that their ideology be followed no matter what. And you shouldn't even have a say. That is a radical approach. Bold strategy, Cotton. 538 blog sees it is not working. I think that is the correct analysis. More coming up. Keep it right here, guys. I'm Tony Katz. This headline from the Associated Press is why people don't trust the media. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, so good to be with you. I mean, it, it's just it's just a knockout. And, and we've seen uh, some things happen like this, like in Germany. They decide, ah, oh, we don't need nuclear power. We've got this deal with the Russians. We've got all the energy we need. Wait a second. The Russians are actually bad people. We need to keep uh, the, the lights on. We're going to move to coal. And so they have. Firing up coal power plants. This, of course, sends the, uh, the, the environmentalist into uh, massive, massive levels of shock and anger, and they just fall apart. And they scream. Oh, God! And they're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right Just now? like that. They say exactly that. But Germany's telling you something. It's not like green can solve their energy issues. This brings us to California. The headline from the Associated Press reads as follows. To avoid blackouts, California may tap fossil fuel plants. Now, that headline is put forth by the Associated Press because they're convinced that you are stupid. We. They're convinced we are stupid. They believe that we will read that and think that's what it says. To avoid blackouts, California may tap fossil fuel plants. That's not the proper headline. That headline is a lie. That is not why they're going to look to quote-unquote fossil fuels. It's not because they want to avoid blackouts. It's because their ideological desire for green doesn't work. All of the windmills and all of the solar across the whole of California cannot provide the energy that California needs to survive. Never mind, charge all those electric vehicles. Thank goodness everyone's got a Tesla. They can't do it. It doesn't work yet. I will again state as clear as day that I favor electric vehicles. Zero problem. I shouldn't say favor. I should say I have zero problem with electric vehicles. Not a one. If electric and solar and wind worked and could really power society in a proactive way, fine by me. The conservative argument should never be we should never have solar. It should be you can't force people onto solar until it works, and it doesn't. 
and you can have all the people you want adopting solar, it can't run the air conditioning in your house. Unless, of course, you want people living during the summer in places like Houston, Texas, without air conditioning. The only reason people can move to Houston, Texas, or to Phoenix, Arizona, is because of the advent of air conditioning. It was air conditioning that allowed the South to explode in population. Because it has to be bearable. And summers in Houston, or Tampa, or Phoenix, Tucson, unbearable. Yes, yes, look, look, uh, Phoenix is a dry heat. And I lived in, in Tempe, I went to school in Tempe, and that's absolutely positively true. It's still dumb hot, and you still want to walk into some air conditioning. You still want it. But ideologically, there are plenty of people out there totally fine with you not having any of that air conditioning. With They're fine with you reading by candlelight. All these kinds of things. Fine with it. Good with it. Thrilled by it. You have John Kerry, former Secretary of State, former failed presidential nominee, former senator, still pushing the green that California admits to you doesn't work. The ocean is a source of climate solutions, and they can help to keep the 1.5 degrees target alive. For example, we need to spur the transition to green shipping. If shipping were a nation, Shipping would be the eighth largest emitter in the world. In May, the United States and Norway announced a green shipping challenge for COP27 to help put that sector on a pathway towards full decarbonization no later than 2050. Green shipping, and you think you've got supply chain issues now. This is not the issue to want these things and to build innovation towards these things. But it's wrong to eliminate the things that absolutely work. And California wants to eliminate the things that absolutely work, and California's wrong. The fear-mongering about climate change, this, that, and the other, has led to a regressive thought process on energy and our safety and security. They're not avoiding blackouts by tapping fossil fuels. They have blackouts because their ideology can't produce power. That's why they have blackouts. A lot of heat, people use a lot of energy. They can't match the energy. Could you have a blackout the other way? Of course you could. But the source works. And you can get things back online. Their source doesn't work. And they refuse to admit it. Thank goodness we're still here to give them a, a backup plan. I'm Tony Counts. Dow is down 57. NASDAQ is down 34. And then there's the Atlanta Fed. When you take a look at GDP, gross domestic product, it had a decline of 1.6% in the first quarter. That's the new revised number. Ergo, they say this fits the technical definition of recession because you couple it with a look at the second quarter GDP, which they see running at a negative 
percent. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. You can find everything at TonyKatz.com, and so you should. This is, of course, where Americans see things going. This is the way they feel it. The growth is not there. You think Democrats are going to have a problem getting reelected anyway. Wait until the Fed starts talking about recession, which is why they're talking about doing in July another three-quarter point interest rate increase on top of the three-quarter point they already did on top of the, the, the half point and the quarter point they've already done. Yeah, it was half and a quarter. And they don't think they're done. The Fed has already said, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, is like, yeah, we're not, we're not so sure we can make this, uh, this uh, inflation thing um, uh, stop. So, you know, have a nice day. It just continues uh, to get worse and worse. But I have been talking about the insane reaction to Supreme Court decisions. The radicalness of the reactions to Supreme Court decisions. Now, when they come from celebrity culture, right, you'll have some insulting thing by Jane Fonda to the extent that she's still in culture. Or or uh, you, you saw, I think, I think it was, uh, what's her name, Halsey? Singer? Do I ever? Halsey. Halsey. That's it. Not C. Halsey. Uh, and uh, H-A-L-S-E-Y. She starts doing this whole thing on stage about abortion. And people are like, okay, we're done here. And they left. She got mad at the fans. She's begging fans to do the work to protect each person's right for the rest of their lives. And in between songs, she's talking about uh, pro-choice, this, that, and the other. And uh, people are leaving. And she tweets out, the people pay to see you sing, not hear your views argument is so dumb. No, you paid to see me use a stage as a form of expression in the manner that I choose. Sorry you lack the critical thinking to realize the rhetorical power of music doesn't always serve your escapism. Wow. Does she hate her fans? Yes. You can utilize music to tell stories. Let me write the nations. Let me write the ballads of a nation. I care not who makes the laws. That's Plato. Of course. Of course you can utilize music in this way. And many, many people do. She continues, the truth is that it breaks my heart looking out into this audience because I see so many people who deserve to have incredible lives, who deserve the right to have health care that they need, who deserve the right to choose themselves uh, in uh, the situation where there is a choice. I look at every single one of you, and I don't want you to ever be in a situation where you don't have access to that. If you don't like it, you can go home right now. I don't care. To which then fans noted on Twitter, uh, the people who walked out after she said that, man, I can't believe it. And then so Halsey responded, downside of doing outdoor venues, no door to hit them on the way out. You hate your fans. Because the fans did come from escapism. And the fans don't necessarily want to buy into what it is you're saying. This is where celebrity culture and sports culture really, they don't quite get it. They believe that because they think it, because they say it, it's okay. Or it's good. Or everybody agrees with them. Not everybody agrees with you. And then 
they get angry when people don't agree with them. You know what I have said to every person who's ever tuned in this show, don't like, they don't like what they hear, and they tune to another show? You know what I've said to those people? Nothing. Change the station. Now, the numbers prove uh, that more and more people are tuning in all the time, and I greatly appreciate it, but that's your power. My job is to entertain and, and inform. It, it is the one-two punch. But it's not for everybody. I can appreciate that. And I, in, in engaging in, uh, sorry, Halsey, my art, which it is, every day, I remember, I'm on twice a day. I'm on six hours a day. Every day, six hours, I have a blank canvas that I have to fill. And every day, I fill the canvas. And there's a, a great scene, and I don't even know if it was meant to be a great scene. Like, I, I kind of remember it in passing. Uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. So that was Aaron Sorkin after West Wing. And this was the show that was supposed to just be the juggernaut uh, of television. And it was about, you know, th- it was about a Saturday Night Live kind of show. Yet there was another show that came out from Tina Fey called 30 Rock. And people were like, oh, that's cute. But 30 Rock had the staying power, and Studio 60 uh, folded in a year. But there's a moment where the, the, the main characters, who are Bradley Whitford, who is from the West Wing, and Matthew Perry from Friends, who are the showrunners and, and comics and writers for, for this Saturday Night Live kind of show, the show is over, and the big whiteboard that has all of the skits and everything they were going to do, it gets erased. And you realize that the pride in the work, you don't have time to really you know dig into that. You don't have time to really savor it. It's gone. You're on to the next show, and you got to fill that whiteboard. When I used to go into studio, and it's right there to the right of producer Ari right now, there is a giant whiteboard. It's on wheels. And every day, I'd put the hours of the show and what I was going to put where. And I'd erase things and I'd move things. Every show at the end of the show, I'd erase it. Here in my studio at home. There is a whiteboard, and every day for each show, I'm filling it in. Don't tell me that I can't uh, uh, talk about what I do uh, as art and, uh, with as much care and as much feeling and the importance of sharing my views while entertaining people as Halsey does. She is not special because she happens to be able to hit that C note perfectly. Some people... They don't appreciate the art, and they change the station. Or or they just go to my Facebook page to tell me I'm fat. It's one or the other, producer Ari. They change the station, or man, you must eat a lot. Like, that's, that's, that's pretty standard. Bless your heart. Playing the hits. Not everybody wants to be lectured to when they engage the escapism. And it is escapism. You can, you can have a thought. You can make a statement. But telling people agree with me or get out? Okay, don't be surprised if some people get out. You can say it. But just don't be surprised if some people leave and don't be mad at them. You gave them the option. They took their option. That's it. 
But this this celebrity culture stuff where they think that that they've got the real, uh, you know, beat on things, and, and they very often don't. And then there is the celebrity culture stuff where, man, they used to be a somebody. They used to be so on top of it. And what's happening now? One of those people is Jon Stewart. And maybe he just had a moment of weakness because he's talked about COVID in very, very smart ways. And yes, when he was doing The Daily Show back in the day, it was brilliant TV, even though I disagreed with him. The structure, the style, the earnestness, you you believe that he had a mind. And then he goes on a podcast, and uh, when talking about the Supreme Court, he says this. Because in my mind, the idea that this was based in any kind of reasoned debate or philosophical education, the Supreme Court is now the Fox News of justice in my mind. They are a, it is a cynical pursuit in the same way that Fox News would come out with, we're fair and balanced under the patina of what would be a high status pursuit to the betterment of society, journalism. They are a cynical political arm. The Fox News of justice? This is the guy who, with such ease, dispatched of Tucker Carlson and Paul Begala back in the day? This is the best you've got because you don't agree with their decisions? Now, he's not the only one. Elena Kagan, Supreme Court Justice, talking about the West Virginia EPA case, where it was stated that the EPA can't simply make rules because they like them. They don't have the authority to set climate policy. And it was um, the the Chief Justice John Roberts who wrote the opinion and saying um, that uh, certainly the agency has things to do Right, It has uh, uh, things that it can go about enabling, but, quote, it is not plausible that Congress gave the EPA the authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme, in, in this case, regulating greenhouse emissions. That's correct. To have that authority, Congress has to set them that authority. Congress, the representatives of we the people, have to be involved. Elena Kagan, Supreme Court Justice, doesn't think that that makes any sense. This started yesterday with a a tweet that shared a part of her opinion, and I actually said, is this legit? Because I couldn't believe that this was legitimate. And it says, the court appoints itself instead of Congress or the expert agency, the decision maker on climate policy. I cannot think of many things more frightening. The court didn't do that. The court stated that Congress has to be the decision maker, not the agency class. But she continued writing that first members of Congress often don't know enough and know they don't know enough to regulate sensibly on an issue. She continued that second and relatedly, members of Congress often can't know enough, and again, know they can't, to keep regulatory schemes working across time. She's making an argument for why Congress shouldn't have to do its job. 
That's coming from a Supreme Court justice. This is a conversation about the law. We need the agency class because the members of Congress are just a bunch of schmucks. Here, look, I have exclusive proof of how dumb they are. That is a surreal argument coming from a Supreme Court justice. Surreal. Insane. Does that sound like somebody who's talking about the rule of law? Or is that, does that sound like somebody who is wholly ideological? Congress can't be expected to do this. They don't know anything. Well, one of the people who believes that is Representative Rashida Tlaib. Representative Tlaib takes to Twitter to say, and I'm quoting, fascist SCOTUS guts the EPA's ability to regulate carbon emissions and fight climate change. The federal government will be restricted from regulating anything of significance in the absence of a clear congressional directive to do so. Two things there. First, fascist SCOTUS guts the EPA's ability to regulate carbon emissions. The fascism would be the EPA saying they can regulate carbon emissions and you the citizen have no recourse but no to her the scotus is fascist i guess that includes sonia sotomayor and elena kagan she continues the federal government will be restricted from regulating anything of significance in the absence of a clear congressional directive to do so damn straight that's exactly what we want That's exactly what we want. And you know who talked about this? The late Justice Antonin Scalia. The the Europeans look at the system and they say, well, it passes one house. It doesn't pass the other house. Sometimes the other house is in the control of a different party. It passes both. And then this president who has a veto power vetoes it. And they look at this and they say, "Uh, it is it is gridlock. And, and I, I hear Americans saying this nowadays, and there's a lot of it going around. They, they talk about a dysfunctional government be, be because there's disagreement. And, 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 they, and the framers would have said, yes, that's exactly the way we set it up. We, we wanted this to be power, uh, contradicting power, because the main, uh, the main ill that beset us, as, as Hamilton said in, in The Federalist, when he talked about a separate Senate. He said, yes, it seems inconvenient, but inasmuch as the main ill that besets us is an excess of legislation, it won't be so bad. This is 1787. He didn't know what an excess of legislation was. (laughs) So uh, uh, unless Americans can appreciate that and learn, learn to love the separation of powers, which means learning to love the gridlock, which the framers believed would be the main protection of minorities, the main protection. If, if a bill is about to pass that really comes down hard on some minority, they think it's terribly unfair, it doesn't take much to throw a monkey wrench into, into, this, into this complex system. You got to understand how the country works. Rashida Tlaib is upset that the EPA can't do her job for you, that she's actually going to have to do her job and create the clear congressional directive. So my advice to Rashida Tlaib, and if you follow my video series, uh, you, you've seen this rumble.com slash Tony Katz, you can go check it out. My advice to Representative Tlaib is simple. Quit. Quit. Let somebody else do the job who wants to do the job. 
who wants to represent the people, who believe the people should have a voice in their government. You are upset that you have to do work now. I don't think you should be upset. Quit. That would be the right thing to do. I'm Tony Katz. I was going to get into a whole thing about Howard Stern saying he's running for president, but... Eh. Doesn't matter. I put him in the same category right now as Jon Stewart. What do you... Look, you you don't like certain things you say, so you have opinions. Who who am I to tell you not to have them? But the the radical... uh, Anybody who, who doesn't get vaccinated is terrible. Anybody who doesn't wear a mask is terrible. Karen Stern. It's, I don't think that's a much of a presidential platform, but he says he's going to run with Bradley Cooper, the actor. All right, let's see it happen. Just to see. Just to see what happens. I got to announce my run as well. That'll come. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.